3: Welcome to the Bradley Wiggins Show by Eurosport, the home of cycling. Brought to you by Zwift, where fun is fast. I'm Graham Wilgos, Brandt. We're back in the studio after another crazy, crazy day at the Tour and joining us to try and pick the bones and, and make sense mm. out of it all. No better man. No better man than Sean Kelly, the King. Welcome back. Thank you. Good you'd be, have loved a day like here. that. You'd have loved a day like that, when not you, Sean?
4: Well, you'd have loved the day if you get through. But if you don't get through when you come... Uh, you come down on those uh, big pile-ups well then it's not a nice day but yeah that's the that's the tour of france that's these big tours and it seemed to be uh, getting more and more hectic uh, in the finals
3: we expected a sprint today brad but what we got in the end there was absolute chaos yeah i mean it,
0: they tour sprints are always chaos anyway today was just particularly bad there was more crashes than than the normal um probably due to the fact that everyone's a bit nervous after the last two days Um, The time gaps between the GC guys is is very minimal. Um, There's lots of dynamics going on. You've got sprint teams, you've got all up the front, you've got GC teams trying to keep up the front. There was some talk during the stage, or before, I'm not too sure, um, Tim de Clercq mentioned about stopping the time for GC at eight kilometers or 10 kilometers, um, with a view that the the final was known to be very narrow, dangerous, downhill, fast. Um, So there was all this going on and anxiety and panic, and once one crash happens, Everyone starts to stay in the front even more. And then another crash happens and everyone people chase him back coming from behind in the crashes, go straight to the front, and it just creates this washing machine of of carnage. Um and even right down to the end where we saw Caleb Ewan come down really heavy with Sagan. But the man who finished it off, um, he's impressing me every time I see him sprint. Um and he crashed on day one, didn't he? Tim Melillo. Yes, he did.
4: And uh yeah, we were wondering, you know, was he going to recover from that one? But uh yeah, what a, a victory for uh, Merlea again today, and the team. You know, in the final there, the way they prepared was was Matthew Hunterpool. You know, preparing the sprint, uh, gunning it, out on the front,
3: leading them out in yeah, the yellow jersey. Yeah,
4: just what? just amazing. Like, and that team. You know, it's a team that's in there um, because of you know they winning the uh, classification of the Continental Pro Teams last year. But yeah, you know, stage win yesterday, taking the other jersey and winning the stage again today. What a dream start for Albison.
3: Amazing start for Alpacine. Here's how Rob Hatch called it for us on Eurosport and GCN+. Plus.
1: Lear sits at the back of the train and ready to go for Alpacine FedEx. 500 metres to go as they hit the cobbles. Behind you can see too that there's options for just about a couple of Sagan. other teams to have a go. Sagan is there. He's made it through. He's on the wheel now. And it's Ned Lier being led out. Menlier there with a the downhill. Sagan on his wheel. Caleb Ewan. Then it's Buani inside the final 200 metres. They come around the corner. They can't see the finish line. Crash behind! Crash behind! crash behind, yet another one, Sagan down, Ewan down, it's Medlir, it's Medlir, it's another win for Alpacine Fenix on one of the most chaotic days we have ever seen at the Tour de France. Mathieu on de Paul across, and he keeps the yellow jersey, but that is another disaster, another crash. The general classification is going to be redesigned today and I'm afraid we're going to be checking on the health of several riders. It's a bad one for Sagan, a worse one for Caleb Ewan. This is Pogacar coming across at 26, 27 seconds. Who has made it? Who hasn't?
3: Brad, Peter Sagan, um, the, the secret pro was saying before the tour, that Sagan is not a popular rider within the peloton because um, he's so well known for the argy-bargy that we saw from him today, or because he's such a good bike handler, he doesn't necessarily take the same care yeah. in, in riding around uh, the, the the guys around him. Yeah, but I mean, that's
0: what makes Sagan good. And and he, he does a lot of that on his own because he, has to, he doesn't have the strength and depth in the team to do that. So he, he has to position himself a lot on his own. Plus he's Peter Sagan. Um, and if someone's going to elbow him, then I'm going to elbow you back. Who do you think who do you think you are? He throws his weight around, but he also talk, walks the walk when he delivers in performances, which is why he's Peter Sagan. And who's going to argue with him? I mean, um, he's been docked at times, time and relegated for his bad riding. He never complains. He just gets on with it. But it's the way he rides, and it's what makes him such a good rider. Is the way he rides aggressively when he's attacking and this thrusting himself around is because of that and because of his physical stature. You know, he's a strong guy and I wouldn't take anything away from him or criticise him for doing that. It's part and parcel of racing and you've got to be like that to an extent. Um He only does it when necessary. He's not a bully. I wouldn't say he's a bully. I just think he's, um, he's Peter Sagan. I mean, what do you make of it, Sean?
4: Well, I think sometimes he can be, you know, a bit aggressive and uh, throws his weight a bit too much. But uh, today, you know, he was just... Uh, you know, pushing a little bit there, but uh, nothing that's uh, that's n- not permitted in a sprint.
3: It seemed like more of a nudge than it was a, a barge that he, took Ewan down. It was the 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 slightest of touches. Yes, and then Sagan obviously came down with him. We should say.
4: Yes, well, uh, you know, when I see the head-on shot with Ewan, um, you know, I was wondering how he came down, but it looked like he touched he touched Merler's wheel, uh, and uh, the, you know, then that was the reason he went down. The nudge with Sagan was a little bit before that, if I remember rightly, but there was so much going on in the final today, it was difficult to register at all. But, uh, you know, as Brad say, uh, he's a guy who just, you know, is able to, uh, you know, lean a bit on other riders, use his weight. He's a solid rider. Um, There is sometimes we've seen in the Tour of France last year, he was pushing a bit too much. But, you know, sometimes when you're the adrenaline flow and everything is happening, you, you push a bit too much. I think... A lot of sprinters have done that, and I have done it in my career as well, and pay the price. Oh,
0: I remember Paris, Jean you and Van der Aarden was having. He was blocking you on the barriers, wasn't he? And you were trying to get through. was that right?
4: Yes. Well, uh, with Van der Aarden, I had many, uh, many difficult sprinting, and you know, and he knew
0: you were there, didn't he? And you tr- he, he, he was holding you there on purpose. Wasn't yes, yes. Yeah. A number
4: of times in the Tour of France, I had trouble with Van der Aarden because he was also, you know, an aggressive sprinter and. Yeah, there was a few times that I got in tangles with him and uh, in, uh, in heated discussions after the stages.
3: Caleb Ewan, we think, well, Thomas de has said as much after the stage, he has come away with a broken collarbone there. Um, so that's, that's his tour, presumably, yeah. over. Um, Mark Cavendish, we, we all hoped, and we said as much on the pod yesterday, Brad, that it would, it would be, today was the day for him. Cav was caught up in the same crash that Pogaccia lost time in. Um, but given what could have happened to him today, uh, given the, all that was happening in the washing machine at the end there. Yeah. Um, he's, he's not come off too badly.
0: No, and I think that reflected in his interview afterwards. I think he just sees that as a, not a missed opportunity, but just part and parcel of racing, really. And he got caught behind one of the crashes, but was fortunate not to be in any of those, really, because you, know, you can almost foresee, had he got through that, being in a position he'd have probably been on Caleb's will, Yeah. And probably gone down in that really. And um, you know, he he's been in that position before, and that would have been a worse way to lose Mark. So um I think um yeah, it's just it's it's a positive today that he stayed up unscathed, and most of his team did as well, which was quite good. So encouraging for the next few days for Mm. him.
3: Let's hear from Cav now.
2: Underneath this mask, I think I see a happy Mark Kerendish to be back in a bunch, enjoying yourself. I watched you live out there. So how was it for you today? I just count myself lucky. You know, I didn't come down like, uh, unfortunately, some of the other guys. I saw Caleb when I was crossing the the, uh, the finish. He didn't look good. So I just hope he's OK, you know, uh, yeah, and we'll see what happens. But uh, yeah, it looked, uh, <laughs> it looked sketchy. I think uh, I was Although I didn't get to sprint, I think I was fortunate today. So if it was a hard final, but do you think also it was too dangerous seeing all those crashes? Yeah, you know, I think uh, it's always going to be the same, uh, the same scenario, the same discussion every week. You know, I think uh, obviously the powers that be above us make the course, make the rules. But I think it's also down to the riders to uh, to make the race as safe as the course, uh, you know, uh, intends it to be, I guess. Looking forward, I think, you know, you, you look forward to the next days with uh, good feeling and yeah, I, I you're said right. you're going to win the stage in the first week, so don't let me down. I'll try. I, you know, today I won in, t- no, tomorrow in Fougere. It's one of the stages I didn't win with you, Bernie. I was You were in, in that sky, block, like, when I was, so uh, but I've won there before, so see how it goes. But uh, we'll see what happens. I'm enjoying myself. It's nice to be back and, uh, yeah, that's so, it. You have better guys
3: around you now. So Brad, Cav's saying there that it's on the riders too, not just on the organisers to give them a safe course, but it's how you ride it. What do you make of that?
0: Well, he said we have this discussion every week, don't we? Um, And we do. I mean, it's it's a funny one, isn't it? Um, I don't know. The racing style has changed in that... um, we see the trains really, and one no, no one team taking it up, and teams stationing behind. Um, and I think it was I think one of the riders, maybe Tim De Clercq, saying that um, or Thomas De Gendt, actually that, 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 that there's only so much space on the road, so you have all the trains across the road, even with 10k to go.
3: Um, and we saw we saw riders riding on the verge there at the end, and there's only
0: oh, it's only so much space on the road for for that many riders, and we saw riders moving up on the grass. Um, it, that that's what makes it more dangerous because you know people are trying to come up the outside and it 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 funnels through little gaps and things like that and then a sharp corner well not a sharp corner but a twist in the road which saw the crash that um, Pogaccio and that came down you know you've got five or six guys abreast with teams and it's one little ricochet domino effect down the peloton and it's um that that that's the nature of of what we you know left with really in the in the Tour de France but i don't think it's going to change in a hurry because everyone's more nervous tomorrow about staying in the front and it's just it's been I'm sort of still trying to soak it all up really because it was um the, the the final crash with Caleb and that on that bend it really reminded me of when I was fourteen watching the stage into Armontier in the tour mm. with Wilfred Nellison, came around on that bend he hit the policeman with Jalabert yes. and that uh, there was more devastation that day because lots went down Jalabert, um you know it, it was um mass yeah mass pilot. and Abdu Japparov won the stage, but um it was it was Bourman had yellow actually though. Um, but I can't remember, well, also in Harrogate when Cav came down in the sprint finish, didn't he go in for a gap? I mean, it's, you know, you, you sort of, it's easy to forget that we have a lot of crashes in sprints over the years and that it's, this is something new, but I don't think it is. I mean, it's, it's, it's chaotic the first week of the Tour de France and it's always, it's renowned for being, you know, it's, it
3: is. Super nervous, Sean, um, like Brad says there. Are we expecting it to be the same tomorrow? Another day for the sprinters, possibly final day in Brittany. Are we expecting everyone to sort of calm it down a notch?
4: I don't think so. I think everybody's going to be, you know, super nervous again. And uh, as Brad was saying, you know, the riders uh, being interviewed afterwards, you know, uh, this should be changed, that should be changed. And there is things that should be changed, but they will not be changed. And I don't think the riders are going to change the way they were ride right in the end. The organisers, well, Thierry Gouvenu, he just goes out and he's, you know, he picks these routes, which is going to be an exciting final. And what does excitement mean? Today, narrow roads descend in the end. The risk is massive there, you know, with, uh, with a bunch of riders. And in day three, you know, everybody is still pretty fresh. Uh, so there's so many riders can, you know, fight to stay in the front. And now, you know, there's no team that can just get to the front and line it out and just, you know, make almost one line of riders. You know, the teams, they're getting more and more equal, and uh, teams are moving up all the time, so you have a full road packed of riders. And we did see Ella who was riding on the grass for you know five or six, seven meters. That's what they're doing. You know, they just ride anywhere to make him move up and you know, gain three or four places. And uh, it's a problem, you know, uh, that has to be looked at. But how do you solve it? It's this lack of
3: hierarchy again, Brad. And everyone, everyone thinks they can win. Younger riders, there's no kind of know your place. Yeah.
0: But you've also got the problem of like we saw Ineos riding on the left-hand side of the road today. You know, the safest place to be is at the front uh, for the GC guys. So every train is trying to do that as well as the sprint trains trying to form some sort of chase of the breakaway. And that starts kilometres and kilometres out. Um, And it's essentially a drag race. Um, And it's quite frustrating when you're riding in a sprint team and you're just trying to hold the gap at 130 because you don't want to bring the gap back too quick, 30 or 40 k to go. But you've got a team like Ineos on the left-hand side of the road, and they're, it's like going out training with your, you know, your mates. They're, they're half wheeling the team that are actually riding, um, because they don't want to get swamped by another team that come up like a Jumbo-Visma. So they're drag racing a team behind, and actually, the team on the right-hand side of the road are the ones that are riding and trying to control the gap. Um, and it just gets faster and faster and faster. And it's 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 only recent. I mean, it's the last ten years that that started to happen. Um, it, and that is to avoid being stuck in crashes behind. But all it's doing is, with every team trying to do that, it, you're gonna, the, the washing machine effect happens and you'll get swamped and you'll be stuck 20 men back before you start the move up again and you'll get caught in a crash anyway. So it's just, it's carnage and that's relatively new to the sport. Um, whereas before you would accept that the hierarchy, you know, back sort of when that crash in Armonti, I was talking about in 1994, you had Telecom and Nova My Histor, Nova My Riding and Indrain and Rominger and these guys would be 30 40 back um and there was a mutual respect like you guys do the sprint and we'll do this and and there was no washing machine but the sport's really changed since then um and and it, it's it's um it's not so much a hierarchical thing it's just um the, the sport's got faster um and teams strategize now and see that that is the safest place um and it's yeah i, I don't know what the answer to it is you can't tell everyone to simmer down and calm down it's it's potluck but Certain riders manage to always avoid the crashes. Mm. And, and that's something I'm sort of is becoming a pattern of. So, you know, Van der Poel, he never seems to get involved in these little things. Um, you know, um, Sagan until the end, of course. Uh, Julien Alaphilippe, he was just ducking away there at the end. And, and someone that like, could survive those stages like that, like Julien. Let's not forget, he won the time trial two years ago in the tour. Um, he, he's shown he's in form. With the crashes of the likes of Rolich and that, you know, is he now a GC contender? Because he's, mm. make, he's getting through these stages. It's, it's yeah, it's, and I'm sort of just an al- analysing this as I'm talking because it's, it's become the norm now for the sport. And obviously questions get asked of the likes of Cav and that about, you know, what can we
3: do about it? The riders have to look at themselves. But that, that is never going to happen. Mm. We've got f- a relatively few for the Tour Mountain finishes or Summit finishes. Or does that play in Alaphilippe's favour?
0: Well, the, the form he's in, Yeah. I mean, he's finished fifth in the Tour de France.
3: Yeah, so we we can say, Sean, that he's a he's a contender here. Yeah, for the overall.
4: Well, I think he has, yeah, as Brad say, he's got the qualities, but uh, has he got that focus? You know, has he uh, started this tour to uh, go for the GC? Um, I think the way he's been talking, he's not concentrating on the GC, but things can things change. Things change, and the way things are going in this race, they have changed a lot already. And yeah, the first individual time trial will tell a lot, but just going back. To these um, crazy first days in this uh, Tour de France, you know the the teams, you know the younger riders, they're not afraid of anything now. They, you know they don't have uh, as they don't have as much respect as Brad was talking about back in the days, um, Miguel Induran and the other riders. Um, and you know everybody is prepared just to take risk and fight up there. And the other thing, let's not forget, the director Sportive, the radios, you know they're just shouting down the radio to the riders, OK, you have to stay in the front, guys. You have to keep our 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 GC uh, rider. You have to keep our sprinter in front. And, you know, they're just getting pumped up all the time as you get closer, ever so closer to the finish. And that's also the riders. You know, they're just crazy and they take more and more risk and that's what we see today. That We see the outcome of that, those huge crashes. And, uh, you know, it's something that's, it's, uh, it's a problem, but to solve that problem, I don't... S- I can't really see the answer to that at the moment.
3: Mm. Talking about riders that seem to be able to avoid crashes, one man who seems to, well, he seems unable to avoid them, your mate, Garrett Thomas, Brad.
0: Yeah, I mean, we were just sort of sat here and they were amb- ambling along. They were riding um,
3: 150 you know, kilometres out. So and it was, it was
0: p- just like, God, what's happened? You know, it was disbelief, you know, and straight away you knew it was bad. He was sat on the floor and Luke Rowe waited with him, so we knew it was G straight away. But he looked in pain, you know, and he looked like he'd done something wrong and was like, you know, history repeating itself again. And, um, you know, how many times have we seen this with grind Then we understood it was a dislocated shoulder and he was back up, but that must be painful in itself, popping yeah. it back in. That doesn't, that's no, you know, that's not um any sort of positive. That means that he can continue riding, but there will be a trauma effect, you know, ligaments, etc. Um But he was four minutes down at one point and just with Luke Rowe. Um, and you feared for him, you know, but they got back on. And amazingly, he he only finished a minute and seven seconds down. Yeah,
3: a twenty-kilometer team time
0: trial, effectively a um, half team time trial. I mean, to get back on. A, he, other than this man and Sean Yates, is one of the hardest men I've ever met. Um, you know, he's just he, he rode in the 2013 Tour with a broken pelvis for three weeks. Um, he's and he will re, he will reset and recalibrate. And I wouldn't now this. You know, wouldn't wouldn't be surprised if this sort of knocks him into shape a bit. Because he, you know, he went to the line. Most people would, I would have probably given up and just ambled along, if not yeah. climbed off at the time. It, it shows a mentality with G that's that's why he's won the Tour de France. He, he's something special.
3: In that crash, Tony Martin in the wrong place at the wrong time. Mm. Uh, once again, Robert Hesink as well. Um, so yeah. two of Jumbo-Visma's um, key domestiques. Uh, they're not having a very good time already before you get to that final 10k and Roglic going down and going down hard um, so we understand that both Roglic and Thomas have gone to hospital this evening. Roglic um, he's having his, his tailbone assessed and, and Thomas has gone for uh, for an ultrasound.
4: Yes well for uh, for Geron it looked uh, race was over and I was very concerned when he was you know sitting on the row there and uh, Luke Rowe you know, he was just waving him, wave him to go on and go away and continue on the race. So, yeah, it was real looking, real bad moment. But, yeah, dislocated um, shoulder, um, you know, you can pop it in quite painful. Uh, and the consequences, you know, of the days to come, how much would that affect him? But, yeah, uh, it, it, from the time that he was sitting on the road, the day has been really good for uh, Geron Thomas. Uh, where well he's finished time wise as you say and uh, Primus Roglic of course later on he fell very heavily we could see that he was he was in pain um, and yeah this is going to have an effect in the next number of days the time trial coming up of course uh, on day five you know uh, you know, will those guys be ready will they be recovered will they be uh, um, suffering because of their falls uh, uh, in today's stage that is also going to have a bearing uh, on the uh, the outcome of this race in the end
3: He's in 18th, um, a minute or so, as you say, Brad, back from, from the other real GC contenders, Roglic in 20th at 135.
0: Yeah, I don't think that's a, a um, anything to really panic about at this stage. Um, you know, he's clearly in good form, but, um, you know, the, the problem with it is that the, that, that what are the repercussions of the crash? You know, we saw when he crashed at the Dauphiné last year, that, that, it wasn't severe, but there was a knock on effect after it had to climb off. And, um, you know, if his tailbone is is going, is obviously a, you know got a sore sore backside, um, and you wonder how that will affect him getting on his time trial bike then mm. and being able to produce the power. Uh, likewise with G, um,
3: and holding the position, you getting mean
0: getting the pro- you know his arms close together in a time trial position yeah. with the shoulder, and it's the knock on effect from those crashes. Um, so you know, had Rodlich been caught behind a crash and lost one twenty, you know you wouldn't panic too much because he's you know you could see him getting that back at some point, but. Um, it's 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 the injury sustained that's going to be um, what what you know what plagues these riders now. You know, really three days into the race, so yeah, that's that's more significant. But on on G, you know, it's funny. We sat here yesterday talking about Ineos, and um, they had to regroup, and G's obviously didn't look like he had the form, uh, losing 17 seconds. Suddenly, that's spun on its head today, and the little Carapaz has ducked and dived, uh, managed to stay in the front, and he's now third on GC.
3: Third on GC at 31 so, seconds. You know, suddenly, they've got
0: now a new game plan, if you like, if, if G is to fall away, and you know the future's bright for Ineos.
3: Uh, yeah, I mean, he's, he's the top man as far as the favourites go, and it's, it's Wout van Aert, um, who's the nearest Jumbo Visma rider behind him. So as good as van Aert yeah. is, he's, he's not going to stick with Carapaz when, it, when the real climbs start to come. So, yeah, I mean, it's, it's, it's
0: you know other people's... The misfortune of some riders has been the, the advantage and gain of others.
3: We'll be back with more from The Bradley Wiggins Show after this. Lacquer's collective cover is made especially for cyclists. This is bicycle insurance made for everyone, from Grand Tour winners to cyclists hitting the pedals for the first time. Lacquer has transformed traditional insurance with no more fixed upfront premiums. Instead, your monthly contributions are based on the collective's claims that month, meaning you could pay nothing if nobody claims. Your max monthly price is capped, but the savings are all yours. Claims are handled by LACA's team of cycling experts and usually agreed within a day, with no depreciation or excess. The Bradley Wiggins Show listeners can get their first 30 days free. Head over to www.lacca.co and sign up using the code Wiggins. Welcome back to the Bradley Wiggins Show. Brad, the one man that we didn't mention there really in the GC discussion was Tadej Pogacar. He's yeah. who's, who is sitting. He's sitting in sixth, just behind Wilco Kelderman on GC at 39 seconds. Uh, so he's he's not had a bad day either, really, given what's no. happened to his rivals.
0: Um, I, I, I can't remember if he actually crashed or he was caught with the crash and ended up on the grass or mm. what. Um, what I did see was him running with his bike straight after the crash and do a cyclocross leap onto it, huh. which was incredibly impressive. Cyclocross riders managed to do, um, and was up and running straight away again. And um, saw him sprinter to the line. Um, so, T took nearly a minute out of Rodlich. Um, but, yeah, I mean, that was a great recovery from him. Uh, he wasn't in the front front, but he limited his losses. I think he finished 26 seconds down on the stage. So, um, again, you know, it's, 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 that, it's that never giving up. And always, you know, like G today, it, it's that kind of mentality that wins you the tour. It's yeah. that You know, I mean, I, I just know back in the day that, that would I would have really struggled with that mentally. Um, but G fought through all day was right there, avoided all them crashes um, and, and finished a minute and seven seconds down. And he's still in the game. If he's a minute down in three, two weeks' time, he'll be on the podium.
3: Pogacar never seems to have his team around him when the game gets tough, Sean.
4: Well, that's true. I think... Uh, he sort uh, of looks after himself. Yes. Well, I think a team is not as experienced as some of the other um, GC contenders are, or they're not as, you know, talented. Uh, but, uh, you know, today we did see, as Brad said... Hogachar he was down and uh, you can call that a bit of a look as well because a bit of look for G, a bit of look for uh, Roglic, that he was also involved and he got delayed in a crash because otherwise he would have been with that leading group and uh, he would have taken more time from his uh, his challengers for the overall. So, yeah, you know, it's uh, it's been a bad day for a lot of the riders, but, yeah, at least you can say, you know, the GC men, they all had their you know, pretty much their problems today they all got delayed or they were down in crashes so yeah there's, there's no huge losses but um yeah you could yeah you could say it could have been you know a lot worse for some of them
3: i think what we what we will do is wish everyone caught up in in any sort of crash today well um and and hope for a a far less dramatic day tomorrow um brad how would you approach it tomorrow as a, as a gc man well depending who you are really i mean it's um you know, if you're Garaint,
0: you're going to be sore tomorrow. Um, Rollich as well. Um, I, mean, I can see much more of the same stuff, you know. yeah. Is that is that sort of enough now where everyone just goes, okay, should we just all look after each other a bit? Or is it going to create more panic, you know, more having to stay in the front and all these things? You know, it could go either way. I can see it much playing out the same way, you know, a breakaway. I think it's a stage Cav could do well in. When I say well, I mean try and go up for the win, and that obviously he's got Tim Merlier to contend with now. But you know, the positive for him in, in 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 Caleb's misfortune is he's out the race now, so it's one less sprinter mm. to worry about. Sagan's going to be sore, um, but yeah, it's 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 the Tour de France, and it's why it's so hard, and it's why people love watching it, and it's why the, you know people are in awe of the Tour de France because it, of stages like today, and you know. Any other race, we watched the Giro when they stopped and protested when it was raining and um, things like that. We see the reaction it causes on social media, and that the public don't want to see that. They want to see these courageous riders riding and battered and bruised. And it's what makes the tour, and that, that is the sport we're in. So I think it'd be much the same tomorrow.
3: Mm. Jack Haig, another casualty for the GC men there as well at the end. Sean didn't look like he's going to be able to get up and, and, and finish. Uh, this looks. This looks like his final day.
4: Yes, uh, he wasn't looking good at all. And um, you know, when he was on the road there, it uh, it looked really bad. But he did. Um, he did get up and move to the side and s- sat on the edge of the road, not looking. Uh, not looking that he was uh, you know comfortable at all after that crash, or you know he was in pain as well. So, yeah, I, I think uh, when you know we really dissect the day today, there was a lot of riders you know that uh, will be sore, as Bradley said, you know the. Uh, the the days to come will be very important. And, uh, you know, tomorrow, another day, you know, it's going to be a hectic final once again. And, you know, the risk is going to be there. And they're all going to be thinking, yes, in the team briefing tomorrow morning before the start, the DS are going to be saying, look, guys, this is going to be, you know, a real hectic final. It's going to be dangerous. And, you know, everybody is just up for that final. And when you have everybody up, as Tim De said said uh, after the stage today, so many riders want to be in that top 20, 25 positions, and uh, you have uh, four times that amount of riders fighting to be up there. And you know that just equals the big risk taking and uh, just uh, inevitably going to have crashes.
3: Headlines elsewhere Patrick Lefevre, the current Quick Step boss, never out of, or uh, well, not often out of the news for long. He's got some pretty wild things to say once again about Sam Bennett. Um, so, Sean. Excellent that you could join us and, and lend your opinion as a, uh, as a fellow Irishman. Um, so he said, on Bennett's inclusion in the team, or rather um, possibly Bennett being benched, the communication between them seems to have completely broken down. So the um, has come out and said, I'm the boss. No, clear. I sent him a message. He said he was on the bike, so I supposed he would call me after, but he didn't call me. So it says a lot more about him than me. I don't know if you have a boss, but I learnt since I was a kid that the guy who pays you is the boss and he deserves respect. He didn't show me respect. It's a pity for him than it is for me. If you fight like a devil and cry like a child because Bora Hansgrohe treat you wrong, and then after nearly 14 months you sign with the team again, it says more about him than it does about me. And then, interestingly, as you sign off, I have balls, he doesn't we see any sort of future for Sam Bennett this season? I mean, we know he's on his way out, but is he going to ride for Tecanic again?
4: Well, you know, this uh, this problem uh, is, you know, just seems to be growing legs more so than uh, uh, quieting down because now the tour have started. Sam Bennett, he wasn't ready to start the tour. And from what I know, he had that injury before the uh, Baloise tour of Belgium, um, you know, uh, injured it in, tra- in, in 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 special, specific training where he was doing sprint work and hit his, hit his knee off the handlebars. And, um, you know, time was always going to be against him. That was the problem. Uh, and to give it enough time to recovery, but also to train enough not to lose your condition, I think that was always the problem for Bennett. But yes, between Patrick Lefebvre and Sam Bennett, it seems to be going on and on now. And uh, the question is, yeah, where's it going to go from here? And the 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 problem the root of the problem is you know Sam Bennett he went to the Coney Quickstep he had great success then he gets a better offer somewhere else and uh, he wants to move on or he's moving on and uh, Patrick Lefebvre is disappointed and naturally so because he would love you know nothing more than to hold on to Sam Bennett so that's where you know the root of the problem is and unfortunately you know Sam got uh, injured at the wrong moment not being able to take part in the tour and. Yeah, it's going to be uh, an interesting one. What will happen? Where Sam will be racing for the rest of the year? What sort of a program are he racing? He will get. He will get. Um, and yeah, it's uh, it, it's just uh, an unfortunate and disappointing for both parties. And uh, yeah, it's it's one now that you know. Let's hope that Sam Bennett can get the recovery out of the way, get back into shape, and go back racing. And uh, yeah, that's uh, that's a corny quick step and Patrick Lefevre will really give him a good program of racing.
2: Mm.
3: Why rock the apple cart now? Dukernik have taken the yellow jersey with Philippe on the first day. They're they're looking good. They're looking strong riding in the in the bunch. They've got they still got Cav, hopefully ready to take or compete for a stage uh, like we saw him up there in the intermediate sprints today. Even so, why rock the boat now if you're Patrick Lefevre?
0: You've got to understand that Patrick Lefevre at the Tour de France. Um, they've had success already. But Patrick speaks his mind. He doesn't like being sort of made to feel a fool if he's being made to feel a fool by a question that might be out of context. That apparently, so apparently, Sam Bennett is such and such. You know who knows? But Patrick, yeah, I mean, look, he's a successful manager, and I think you know, it's like Sean said, it's a shame for both parties that it's being played out in the media. And this started back at the Giro with him leaving, and you know, Patrick, you know, if he feels he's being made a fool of or mugged off, you know, he'll he'll you know speak his mind. It's a bit. Um, It's not very classy from Patrick, um, I would say, um, to use the kind of language he used about Sam. Because Sam, at the end of the day, has been successful for Patrick. Um, He won the green jersey, won stages in the tour. You know, there should be an element of respect from Patrick's point of view as well, not just because he pays his wages, but as a bike rider and what he's done for him. Patrick, more than anyone should understand that, you know, riders have short temperaments, particularly someone like Sam, who's a sprinter. That's what makes him so great. You know, we see the emotion when he wins. We see the, him pissed off when he doesn't win. And, you know, the, I don't think things like that should be played out in the press, particularly with the language, you know, if you go crying as a baby. Sam's an adult, you know, he's a, he's a, he's a class yak, class rider. And, you know, he wanted to move on for more money, which Patrick openly said he can't pay him. And you can't, you know, you would never look down upon anyone for trying to better themselves and make as much money as they can while they can in this sport. So... um, I actually think it's a bit sort of classless from Patrick's point of view, really, to be honest. What do you think, Sean?
4: Yeah, I think, uh, you know, we're into the stages of the Tour of France now, today, tomorrow, and a number of days, well, so the sprinters, and of course Patrick Lefebvre has been asked the questions about Bennett because, you know, today was a day where, you know, for Quick Step, and for Patrick Lefebvre, the possibility of winning the stage would have been great and, and the days to come as well. And, um yeah, I think uh, you know it's a little bit unfair from Patrick's side, but I also understand from Le You know, he's a businessman, and he knows that losing Sam Bennett is a real, real difficult one for him. But as Bradley say, he, you know, he just hasn't got the budget to pay him, and unfortunately, there's other teams out there with you know bigger budgets able to take on Sam. And I think the most important thing is, you know, Sam did well for him last year. It's not a case where Bennett maybe have, you know, lead on his laurels over the winter time and haven't been performing this year. You know, he's been doing very well and won some, you know, great races in the earlier part of the season and was looking good for the Tour of France. But unfortunately the injury, you know, that he uh, picked up, you know, the riders, that's a risk of the game and yeah, we've seen today and, you know, you can get injured coming into the biggest race of the season and the biggest race for your for the for the rider himself and for the team. And, you know, that is that's the problem here. And unfortunately, no, it's turned a bit sour now between both parties.
3: Mm. Talking of turning sour, some breaking news from podcast Pete. Apparently, Primoz Roglic has said it was Sonny Colbrelli who body-checked him, which is the reason he went down in that final yeah, That final saw on the images, didn't we, Sonny? Do- Gesticulating.
0: Oh, mm. So, yeah, I mean, clearly something had happened, but... Um... Yeah, I mean, one thing I would say for Primoz is he's not the kind of rider who throws his weight around. Um, he's a very—he's gentleman, you know. Um, and the reaction from Sonny Corbrelli is says it all, really. But, I mean, I don't know. I mean, it's just, look, that's bike racing again. The, you know, the, what was going on at the time and this, that, and the other. You're bound to get incidents like that throughout mm. the race, you know. It's um, Yeah, I mean, if his body checked him and f- completely floored him, which I'm not sure if he did or not, because he was right next to him, wasn't he? Mm. Um, remains to be seen. So, I mean, it, look, it's... These are bike racing incidents and uh, there's always someone to blame. Like the other day with Tony Martin, mm. poor guy.
3: Sean, just give us a, a final word. We're going to end up on a, a far more positive note. Am I right in saying that when you stepped out of the commentary box yesterday after van der Poel had taken yellow, you you looked quite emotional. It was a, it was a really nice moment knowing Audrey van der Poel so well as, as you do. Um, and seeing his son take you know, the first father son combo at the tour to to wear the yellow jersey.
4: No, I was yes, I was more emotional and probably, you know, shocked from the performance of uh, from the pool yesterday. The way he went away, the first time up Mür de Bretagne, took the uh, the time bonuses. You know, then it looked like to me that you know to recover from that it was going to be over for him. And we came onto the Mür for the last time up. And, you know, the moment Quintana went in the attack, Corbrelli, he was onto everything. And it was just unbelievable the way he was, you know, controlling the front of the peloton and the pace they were going there. And then when he kicked off, nobody, you know, everybody was just on the limiters, you mm. know, as they say in boy terms. And uh, he just, you know, rode away. And that's the talent, you know, he's got. And we've seen it a number of times. You know, we all remember... Um, Amstel Gold race when he went into the attack with 50, 60 kilometres out and, you know, rode for a bit, but you know there were so many teams chased and then pulled him back and then looked like it was race over and he just, you know, kept on chasing with a group behind and caught that group of uh, uh, the two riders, Philippe and Fugelsong and won the Amstel Gold you know, to be, just to be able to do that, uh, to have you know, that mental uh, ability and the physical end of it as well you know, an amazing class. And yesterday again, for me, that was just uh, a monstrous performance. How old
3: is he now? 26, is he? Matthew Six. van der Poel?
0: Yeah. 26. He's won Amstel Gold. He's won the Tour of Flanders. However many world titles in cyclocross, you know, he's won a stage in the Tour at Yellow. I mean, his he, Palmares is remarkable, mm. you know, and, and all the talk yesterday, I think, I forget who I saw somewhere talking about it, but I think it Brian Smith actually today. Um, mm of his grandfather, Pulido. But Adrie was a pretty good bike rider, wasn't he?
4: Well, Adrie was... I mean, one of the Flanders, a real, Yes, A, real, a real talented uh, road rider and also, you know, a great cyclocross rider. And, uh, yeah, you know, it's the way he races because, you know, we've seen, as you say, Brad, you know, uh, Torino, the Ratico this year attacking 50 or 60 kilometres from the finish you know, it's a great mentality he has got. The way he goes out and racing, it makes great viewing. And for us, you know, looking at the race for all the people, the uh, the followers of bike racing, it's just um, it's just so energizing the way he races. You know, Eloi Philippe is another one who races a bit like that, and it's you know it's something totally different to you know, some of the guys who are maybe racing a Tour of France and you know just every day being there. Uh, it's just. Um, it's just you know, so energizing, and uh, then to to be able to finish it off and win your know, big races as well as you know as they all have been and as they all can do.
3: Did you drop Audrey a line and say congratulations?
4: No, I haven't been talking to Audrey this time, and uh, you know uh, I will do sometime during this tour. I'm sure he's you know inundated with you know with the press and everybody being onto him, and what I. What I do when I'm on these tours and with Sam Bennett last year, I didn't try and make contact with him. I just sent him, you know, the occasional uh, uh, SM the SM message. And uh, you know, you have so much going on as a rider, but also for Andrew Van the Pool I reckon, you know, he's just inundated with people contacting mm. him now. And it's la- it's later. You just you know after the tour, or maybe when things cool down a bit, that you contact the people and say, "Oh, well done," and you know, what a great performance.
3: Still doesn't wear gloves as well after all the crashes we've seen.
4: I'm Lots amazed. Artists, I'm amazed they found a the never wore gloves. Yeah. Yes. Well, it's um, as Brad said. It's an amazing. It's an amazing story. The family and you know Adri, the cyclocross. He goes to the cyclocrosses every weekend. Uh, I you know, was over there in Belgium. I think it was three years ago, and I met uh, uh, Matthew's uh, mother, uh, Corinne, and uh, I had a cup of coffee with him in the truck of Al-Bassin. Uh, You know, they just. They just love the sport and very down to earth people because they go to the cyclocross you know, you know, pretty much every weekend, and uh, that's lovely to see. And uh, you know, they they're enjoying it so much. And you know, with the success of uh, of Matthew, uh, amazing.
3: I'm sure you'll have plenty more opportunities to send your well wishes, Sean. That brings us to the end of this episode of the Bradley Wiggins Show by Eurosport, brought to you by Zwift, where fun is fast. Sean, thanks for joining us. Thank, thank you, Sean. Brad, thank, thank you. you. Um, we can get in touch on social media with you both at Sean, at Sean Kelly CC and Brad as ever we so we go um, you can follow Eurosport on Twitter at Eurosport underscore UK plus you can find us on Instagram and Facebook we've got a flight to catch we have got a flight to catch with podcast Pete Burton thank you to him too um, before we say goodbye then Brad what are we looking forward to tomorrow
0: um, I'd love to see Mark Cavendish get a shot at the sprint yeah. you know if it, if it comes back to a sprint it'd be nice
3: yeah Sean, do we think Cavs? I mean, he's got more of a chance just by dint of the fact that you got fewer people contesting the sprint after certainly Ewan is out.
4: Yes, I think uh, he has a real good chance of uh, you know taking a stage, but uh, we have to wait and see because the tour is the tour, and you know we see today the way it races. You know, there's so much you know uh, aggression in there, and uh, you know these finishes are just that bit more. Uh, faster than any of the races leading up and you know you talk to some of the younger riders when they come into the Tour of France they say oh my god you know this race the level is just up so much from all the races I've been doing uh, in the earlier part of my career leading up to the Tour of France so it'll be interesting to see Mark you know to get to the finish with those guys and see what way he will perform but I feel the way he's been going he has a real good chance of taking a stage in this year's tour.
3: Mm, fingers crossed. Finally, from me, Graham Wilgoss. It's goodbye. If you've enjoyed the show, please do subscribe and rate us. Uh, Brad, what have we got? Looking, what have you on a personal level? What have we got to look forward to tomorrow? Flight, flight to catch. Seven days of quarantine in France. Podcast, Just to get into podcasting. France
0: nice. So I'm kind of really eager to get out there now and, and, and sort of be part of it. So. Um... It's been great the last three days here, but, um, you know, when you're watching the tour and Bernie and everyone out there and Cavs out there and all these guys, I can't wait to get on the ground. I know you feel the same.
3: Very, very different thing being, yeah, being there on the roadside, isn't it? And following first it. One, first tour, yeah. And, and following it from start to finish. Dripping, start to <laughs> Following it from start town to finish town. We'll see you tomorrow.